Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the morning. Thank you, Lord, for gathering us together. Oh Lord, we ask now that we you may breathe upon us your spirit. You may search our hearts with your words, and you may set arise, O oh Lord, our heart, that we may go forth to do work for you today in the right spirit and with the right heart. O oh Lord, give us this charge today and strengthen our hands with your powerful words. Set your strength through and let our hearts be let our works be wrought in thee today. We thank you for hearing. We thank you for giving us now your words for one to listen to it. In Jesus' name. Amen. A high calling October twelfth. Speech a precious talent. By thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words, thou shalt be condemned. Matthew 12 verse 37 God has given every youth the talent of speech to be improved for him. This is the most important trust. Let your words be life-giving, pointing those around you to the Savior. Let them bring sunshine instead of gloom, harmony instead of animosity. Saying nothing that you would not be willing to say in the presence of Jesus and the angels. Utter no word that will stir up strife in another heart. However provoked you may feel, restrain the hasty word. If you are Christ-like in speech and action, those who associate with you will be blessed by the association. Righteous words and deeds have a more powerful influence for good than all the sermons that can be preached. Let us guard against speaking words that discourage. Let us resolve never to engage in evil speaking and backbiting. Let us refuse to serve Satan by implanting seeds of doubt. Let us guard against cherishing unbelief or expressing it to others. Many, many times I have wished that there might be circulated a pledge containing a solemn promise to speak only those words that are pleasing to God. There is a great need for such a pledge as there is for one against the use of intoxicating liquor. Let us begin to discipline the tongue, remembering always that we can do this only by disciplining the mind, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Matthew 12:34. Through the help that Christ can give, we shall be able to learn to bridle the tongue. Solely as he was tried on the point of hasty and angry speech, he never once sinned with his lips. With patient calmness, he met the snares, the taunts, and the ridicule of his fellow workers at the carpenter's bench. Instead of retorting angrily, 
he would begin to sing one of David's beautiful psalms, and his companions, before realizing what they were doing, would unite with him in the hymn. What a transformation would be wrought in this world if men and women today would follow Christ's example in the use of words. Amen. Today's devotion focuses on the talent of speech and how it may be used, how it may not be used, and what procedures or things we can ensure to help us make the best use of it. Um, one reading I can remember vividly now, the Christ Subject Lessons page 335 paragraph 2 says that the power of speech is a talent that should be diligently cultivated of all the gifts we have received from God none is capable of being a greater blessing than this with the voice we convince and persuade with it we offer prayer and praise to God and with it we tell others of the Redeemer's love. How important then that it, sh- it, so, it be so trained as to be most effective for good. So the talent of speech is something everyone, at least who has a voice, has. So how we use it and how we should not use it. So... Before we go into the character or the yes, the character of our voice, in which case is it morally morally right or morally wrong? The spirit of prophecy counsels that in cultivating the tone that there we need to know how to speak in public or in gatherings or at in the house. In Nehemiah eight verse eight it is referenced that they in the book of the law they read in the book of the law in the law of God I'll take that again it is said that they speaking of Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading so in which case there was a way in which they read and people understood what was being read she continues by diligent effort all may acquire the power to read intelligibly and to speak in a full clear round tone in a distinct and impressive manner by doing this we may greatly increase our efficiency as workers for Christ the previous uh, paragraph said the culture and right use of the voice are greatly neglected even by persons of intelligence and Christian activity there are many who read or speak in so low or so rapid a manner that they cannot be readily understood some have a thick indistinct utterance others speak in a high key in sharp 
shrill tones that are painful to the hearers. Texts, hymns, and the reports and other papers presented before public assemblies are sometimes read in such a way that they are not understood and often so that their force and impressiveness are destroyed. This is an evil that can and should be corrected. On this point, the Bible gives instruction. So, and that was why I quoted Nehemiah 8 verse 8. So, we can actually understand that when we speak, whatever we are saying has to be clear. It has to be distinct. It has to not be in a hurry. The sense of the reading has to be communicated while we speak. It makes no sense to jumble so many words together and then the the meaning or the content of our communication is uh, lost because of the human channel. So she continues that every Christian is called to make known to others the unsearchable creatures of Christ. Therefore, he should seek to perfect for perfection in speech. He should present the word of God in a way that will commend it to the hearers. God does not design that his human channels shall be uncouth. It is not his will that man shall belittle or degrade the heavenly current that flows through him to the world. So, we should make an effort in cultivating our speech. Remember, the key point now here is that we need to speak in in a full, clear, round tone, in a distinct and impressive manner. Then we should make sure also that we do not um, speak in so low or so rapid a manner that we cannot be understood. Our voices should not be so thick and indistinct when we are speaking and also that our voices are not in high key so sharp shrill that it may be painful to the hearers and also by this means destroy the force or the impressiveness of whatever we are communicating so this will require some time and some carefulness in watching our our voice watching sorry in watching what how our voice is, what our, how our message is being communicated. Thank you. Okay, now, so having gotten this point, now we move to the the morality in what we say. In Ephesians 4 verse 29, the Bible would say, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. No corrupt communication. What is a corrupt communication? How do I know if my communication or what I am saying is corrupting? In the same book where I was reading, page 337, that is Christ Object Lesson by Ellen White, page 337, paragraph 2, it says, A corrupt communication does not mean only words that are vile. It means any expression contrary to holy principles and pure and undefiled religion. It includes impure hints and covert insinuations of evil unless instantly resisted this lead to great sin so now you see anything that we say that does not have um, communicate the same principles as in the bible is classified as corrupt 
whatever does not express the character of God, whatever is not in line with the principles of the Bible, is termed corrupt. I'll move one, one step further. Ephesians 5 verse 4 Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. So here the Bible gives us a list. Filthiness. The things I have to do that are either sensual or that are lewd. We should not talk of them with our own lips. Nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which can include our the jokes and all the comedies and all the uh, uh, witty things we say in order to draw attention which are not convenient but rather given of thanks for verse 5 says for this you know that no homemonger no unclean person no covetous man who is an underletter hath any inheritance in the kingdom of god let no man deceive you with vain words for because of these things the wrath of god commit the wrath of god upon the children of disobedience be not ye therefore partakers with them so here the bible tells us filthiness foolish talking or jesting which are not covenant and it gives an advice quickly it says but rather giving of things so one thing we can do with our tongues or with our mouth is to share our testimony be thankful to god because the way james puts it james says that we should not use the same tongue which we use to praise god to also say things that are not uh, pleasing to god so he said he said in james 3 uh, james 3 verse 9 he said therewith bless we god even the father and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of god out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursing my brethren these things ought not so to be but a fountain sent forth as the same place sweet water and bitter can the fig tree my brethren bear olive berries either a vine figs so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh so who so who is so who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among him let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom so and we can see here that from our mouth god expects only one thing that which reflects his wisdom that which reflects his meekness that which reflects his own character we are ambassadors of christ so and later we'll talk about what needs to be done in order to keep this to in check but we understand that god expects us to use our mouths to bless others in romans 3 verse 19 and 20 it says that whatever the law speaketh it speaketh unto them that are under the law that every mouth may be stopped for by the deeds of the law is the knowledge of sin indeed we cannot boast before god at least every one of us listening that our tongues have been free and we can in the reading it is said that if we want to start the work of reformation it must start with our mind because it is out of the mind out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaketh and whenever the word the heart is used 
in my own uh, understanding it doesn't refer to the mind alone it refers to both the mind and the emotions the mind and the affections combined together for the heart feels and the heart also thinks so if god speaks so that none of us at least every one of us are feeling that uh, we have spot or one spot or the other uh, we, may, we may not be extreme, we will not we will not be clear before god on this matter there are other things I want us to consider from the word of the Lord also on this issue about speech. Since it is the heart whereby we do this thing, since it is from the heart that the mouth draws its well, its its um, its its subjects and its expressions and its overt insinuations, the Lord says He knows and tries the heart. And we can come to him for a change of heart. As he has said that we will confess our sins. He is faithful and just to cleanse us from our sins. To forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He cleanses the mind. He cleanses the thoughts. And when he does so, we are a new man. We are a new creature in him. Once again to live a holy life. Now, but we need to not fall back to the same sin again. In the verse 21 of that of Romans chapter 3. He says, but now, even though that the law, when he speaks, we cannot speak again because our mouths are stopped. The next verse 21 says, but now the righteousness of, the, of, of God is revealed unto us without the law. So that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ, the word of Jesus Christ is to him righteousness. So that we can now begin to live righteously according to the word of the Lord. And we, we should sustain this righteousness which Jesus has given to us by our confession of sin. The only way we can sustain it in the light of this speech matter uh, is through believing or following the instructions that God have, has given concerning His Word. And I will read some passages to this effect so that we can take them, uh, do well to memorize them. It will help you whenever and keep you in check when the lips want to uh, utter any issue at all. You will weigh them in the light of these things and know whether they are right or whether they are wrong. The Bible says in James chapter 3 verse 2 to show how important this thing is. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. So from here we get the insinuation that if we are able to overcome the defect that we have in speech, that we are we are going to it is almost as if we are perfect. And if we can do that, it means that we can bridle the whole body. James 3 verse 2 is what I read now. If any man if, if, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Offend not, not to man. Offend God. If we don't offend God in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. We know we are looking for perfection. We want to overcome our sins and stand in the in the full stature of men and women in Jesus Christ. This is a recipe. Speech is one of the issues that we should that will make us imperfect all the while. And as we we strive to, when we strive to overcome every defect that we have in speech, many of them that our brother has read, we are going to see that um it will, the other ones, the other graces will come up very quickly because in speech we offend very, very quickly. I read again in um I read what Jesus wants to tell us or what Jesus is willing to do for any individual. 
He says in Psalms 34, verse 11 to 14, Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. And then he now begins to teach. What man is he that desired life? Do you desire life? Both here and in the world to come. What man is he that desired life and loveth many days that he may see good? Then he now gives the answer. Keep the tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. I will give a little background to this thing so that we can get into touch with it. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. We read in First Peter chapter 2 verse 21 about, a, we have a little glimpse of what guile will mean. It was said of, of Jesus Christ, when he was reviled, he revived not again. In another version, BBE, that's Bible in basic English, it says when Jesus, when sharp words were spoken to him, he did not reply with sharp words. And he committed all to him that judged righteously. What does that mean? Even if I am offended by someone, it is clear before heaven and earth that I'm offended. Yet Jesus is saying that we should keep our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking God. We should not reply sharp words to that individual. We should not retaliate in words. We should not express or allow the, uh, the heart to express itself that it has been grieved by that individual. Whether it's a child or whether it's an adult. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Don't wait for the person to come to you to say, I'm sorry, I didn't know I, I, I didn't know I offended you or I knew I offended you, I'm sorry. No. Go, seek that peace. At another place of the Bible, we say that uh, as much as light in you, live peaceably with all men. That individual that will go and reconcile with his brother is reconciling with words. He's not going to stand there and be looking at his brother with, uh, with, uh, just like that, or mute like a dumb. So, if we want good days, if we love many days, and want to, we do not want to see evil, as Jesus is saying here, teaching us the fear of the Lord, we should depart from evil, depart from anything that we tend to evil, especially with our tongue, and then do good. It's a command. Seek peace and pursue it. But it's going to be against our carnal mind, our natural feelings, because how can I go and still apologize? Uh, how can I go and still make peace with one who is who is uh, uh, attacking me or who is not giving me peace? One who is always stepping upon my toes. But this is the remedy he is giving. And this is uh, this is how we can overcome this thing in, in speech. If we should take heed to this fear of the Lord which is teaching us, then it will be a very, very wonderful um, uh, uh, help for, for us to overcome and to remain in that state of victory over our tongues. Because it has to be a daily battle. I'll read another part in Titus 3 verse 2. It says that we should speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing meekness unto all men. Brawlers, I checked the meaning in Webster's Dictionary, means one who is noisy in a public place. I had one friend before. This is my friend. He loves God. He so much loves God. Anything he, there's anything that is to be done in the church, he comes out with all his mind to do it. But one thing that this my friend has as a problem is anger. When you get him angry, he can scatter everything that he, that he has been building. Everybody will be calling him, ah, st- ah, no, no, calm down. He will say, no, no. It's true that he was justly angry. They made him angry. People, yeah, they took him for granted and the rest of them after he has suffered and this and that and this and that. But then, everybody will not even leave the person that made him angry and start begging him because of the he, his, his anger will fly to the roof. 
This is what he is saying here. To be no brawlers. Our anger, sometimes some men can be so angry with their wife that they scatter tears, beat everywhere, and then they begin to speak evil of individuals. In your mind, you mutter to your, your, your brother, look at what this brother or sister, sister is doing to me. Look at what this person is doing to me. I don't know whether Christ, I, I have not seen it in the Bible where he's telling the, his disciples, see what the Pharisees are doing to me. I don't like what the Pharisees are doing to me. But we, read in the, we see in the reading that he was attacked every day. Every day they were coming to him. They were jeering him, sneering at him. But we don't see him complain to the disciples or to any close friend about what these people are do, were doing to him. And this is the example we are to follow. Speak evil of no man. Even if that person is evil, speak. No, don't speak evil of him. James continues in that thought. He says, Speak not evil one of another, brethren, even those in the church. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer. Thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. James 4 verse 11. You are not taking God's place. It's not the spirit of purpose that is coming in you. If you speak evil, as small as speaking evil of one another. I'm saying it is small because we, it looks very small. I'm just reporting, I'm just telling my brother what, I, what the other brother did to me that I didn't like. You are not telling him just because you want him to help settle the issue. Or you want him to come in and help you ask that person to stop something. You are telling him because you just want to open up your mind. Or you just want to open up your mind. That is not what the Bible is saying. Keep it. Tell God about it. As Jesus did. That he committed himself to him that judged righteously in 1 Peter 2.21. In the view of this, God has given us these counsels. And seeing that we are weak, there are two promises I can give to us in the Bible. Prayers that are written for us to you know, tell God whenever uh, we see that our lips need to be bridled, or as we are seeing this morning. I'm reading Psalm 141, um, Psalm 39 verse 1. Psalm 39 verse 1 says, I, was, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I keep I will keep my mouth with a bridle when the wicked is before me. Then Psalm 141 verse 3 says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men that walk iniquity. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. There is a passage in Reflecting Christ where, where it is said that angels will choose our words for us when we are in danger of exerting a wrong influence. Angels will help us choose our words for us when we commit ourselves unto the hands of God. God wants us to provoke one another unto good works, Hebrews 10 will say. But if we speak a, a, a different from what the Bible has spoken, we cannot provoke one another to good works. Instead, we will provoke one another to evil works, and God does not want that. So, I pray that God will help every one of us to see that this thing is a very serious matter. And this is why the reading begins with that paragraph uh, in Matthew 12, that by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. May God help that by our words we shall be justified, because it will not be our words, but the words of Jesus Christ indeed. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us learn from Christ and through his help we can perfect our character in speech. The last paragraph here tells us that when Jesus was offended and when he was tried at the point of hasty and angry speech, there's something he did which I want to still emphasize. He says, 
with patience calmness he met the snares the taunts the ridicule of his fellow workers and the carpenter's bench instead of retorting angrily now look at what he did he would begin to sing one of david's beautiful psalms and his companions before realizing what they were doing would unite with him in the hymn and that's the transformation we want to have in the book of um, colossians 3 it will say we say and let the peace of god rule in your heart so we should grow close to christ don't don't eat or drink of the influence around you no matter how hot it send your mind back to god so i'll continue verse 15 let the peace of god rule in your hearts to which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful now 16 said let the word of christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your heart to the lord ephesians 5 verse 19 we say speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart unto to the lord so you see this is another thing we can do we should memorize, memorize scriptures learn hymns that can help you to whenever since you know you may be given to these ill feelings once they come like this your mind goes into an autopilot mode in which case automatically you start singing or you start uh, memorizing scripture or you walk away these things will make for peace you yourself people will be amazed like the reading said and may join you in the song may this be our experience in jesus name i think if anybody wants to develop sound speech then one solution would be to cut away from themselves every avenue where they hear irreverent or unsound speech many times we learn this unsound speech and different uh, jokes and jesting and all those things from people or movies and what we are exposed to and it's not that we really want to say them but because we are exposed to those things we learn it and we start to say it for example somebody who goes to worry if you're not careful you just start speaking the way they speak there the more you listen to jokes the more you are likely to say them it's just the same principle of uh, evil communication corrupting good manners and then out of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak there are many slangs or words that we use presently that nobody here taught us we learned it from movies or musics so i think one way that we can solve the problem will be to cut away from ourselves evil communication the more we study the bible we will see many of these things we'll be more acquainted with uh, good communication and even studying other really pure books that don't teach us those evil ways to speak or even sarcasm. i remember there was this comedy then that they used to show called friends and in one in that comedy or let's say sitcom there was this character there called chandler who's whose great ability who spiced who usually spiced it up in his own way the way he did it was through sarcasm in fact after the program they used to call him to come and give lectures on sarcasm he still used to do his own personal thing like that i know how this thing affected my own family we loved to hear him being sarcastic and then we started being sarcastic to one another so it's it's just a simple fact that we copy the things we see around us 
we copy the things we say around us so if you cut out the principle of the mind cut out bad communication and then expose yourself to good things and you start reflecting that too amen another remedy from Christ's object lesson 338 paragraph 1 says as followers of Christ we should make our words such as to help and to be an encouragement to one another in Christian life far more than we do we need to speak of the precious chapters in our experience we should speak of the mercy and loving kindness of God of the matchless depths of the Savior's love our words should be words of praise and thanksgiving if the mind and heart are full of the love of God this will be revealed in the conversation it will not be a difficult matter to impart that which enters into our spiritual life and then continuing he says we should speak of Christ to those who know him not we should do as Christ did wherever he was in the synagogue by the wayside in the boats thrust out a little from the land at the Pharisees feast or the table of the public and he spoke to men of the things the things of pertaining to the higher life so the hearts of his hearers were drawn to him for he had healed their sick so we should speak of what God has done for us. I know that was one of the things that helped me. Share your testimonies. Say the glimpses of things you hear, you see from the Bible. From the things you observe in nature or life, you can use it as a point of discussion with people. And even when you're drawn apart from these discussions that are not holy, you can respectfully refuse to continue the conversation or draw away or change the discussion in a better channel if you have the privilege or the power to do so. So, I know that this can also help us. As for evil speaking, I know I've read before that, or even if I'm not, just think about it. The person you are really speaking evil about, is that all there is about the person? There's so much good about people to talk about than to focus on maybe just one or two evil things you know about the person. So, is it fair to focus on that evil thing and keep spreading that and speaking evil about people? You think about it. Is it fair? Of course, it is not. Instead of speaking about the evil, we are told, praise something good about the person. Seek, search for good things. No matter how bad someone may be, even if it's Adolf Hitler, there are still good things about the person. It all depends on what people, the news people want to carry about someone. If you know somebody personally, the news you carry about the person is dependent on what you want to carry. You can know very good things about the person, but you choose to take the evil reports. So, a solution, praise something good about people. Speak about their good deeds and stop focusing on one or two or three bad things that you know they did. Just how many bad things. But there are many good things they do also. So, even the Bible recognizes that we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children. Even Jesus said that. So, no matter how evil somebody is, they still know how to give good things and they do good things. So, we are admonished to speak to speak about the good in people's lives and overlook the evil. Pray for them concerning those evil. There, there's no solution in that evil in to that evil thing in the person's life if you are going around talking to people about it. It doesn't solve the problem. So, why are you doing it? Let's just speak good things about people. May God bless us as we do that in Jesus' name. I'm also reminded of Jesus when his disciples, he took them to pray in Gethsemane. You remember, they were sleeping. And when he came back, he would have been complaining. Every time you pass sleeping, sleeping. Eh? 
after everything I've done for you, people don't even want to follow me in this my experience. But you see how he excused them, he said the flesh is weak and the spirit is willing. Now he understood their weakness. So when we under when we see people's weakness manifesting, we should excuse it or understand that they are human and say it is our lot as human beings. It does not mean that what they're doing is not wrong, but you understand that being human, they are prone to fall. And then you can seek to encourage them like Jesus did. He said, Pray, watch and pray. Then give them the advice. You are not excusing the sin in the sense of it's not wrong, but you're excusing their weakness and then encouraging them. That can also help us. God help us. Amen. Philippians 4 verse 13 will say, Do all things without murmuring or disputings, that you may be called sons of God. Another version will say, Do all things without... without do all things with... Philippians 4 13 says, Do all things without murmuring or, or disputings, that ye may be blameless sons of God without rebuke in this perverse generation. So, if we are told to do anything and any situation of grumbling or murmuring comes, or even disputing, that is argument. Why did you say I should do this? And I thought you said this, or I thought you said that before. Remember this promise that God wants you to be blameless and he knows that you can be if you abide in him and so do all things without murmuring when mama comes sing instead when this when argument comes think about Jesus instead and when it comes that you have to question what you are doing because of the validity whether um, you're supposed to be doing this because of what has happened before Remember that Jesus did everything for us so that we can be saved. Think about Jesus in all the situations. He never murmured. And he never argued. May God help us to be like this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.